Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to get better in all areas of life, from wellness and mental health to career and relationships and so much more. I know getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when you can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menunos. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. Special one-year memorial for my mom. We're coming in with her favorite song. I'm trying not to cry because When Beneath My Wings was her favorite song by Bette Midler. Uh, And today we're going to be talking with end-of-life and grief doula Diane Gray about how to memorialize your loved one, how to get past um, grief, how to deal with grief, but also how to create new relationships with your remaining parent, right? So that's something nobody ever talks about. So I want to get into that a little bit today. Our quote of the day, this was a good one. The risk of love is loss and the price of loss is grief, but the pain of grief is only a shadow when compared with the pain of never risking love. Good one, right? I like that. Hillary Stanton Zunin. Also, when someone you love becomes a memory, the memory becomes a treasure. Mm. Ooh, Hill Squad. We're not going to make this sad because my mom would want this to be really, really f- happy and bright, but damn, I'm already getting emotional. Um, that's why Kevin's here. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this without you. Um, today is the one year memorial of my mom's passing. And I did not think I was going to cry because I've been in such a good place. Maybe it was because the morning started out a little rough today. (laughs) There were some like little hiccups. I don't know. But I wanted to honor her today. Speak of some fun memories, which Kevin's really good at. And also have Diane Gray, the grief doula who helped me help anybody who's dealing with grief right now. Um, and also make you aware of a little interesting thing that uh, I didn't become aware of until after, which is creating a new relation relationship with your, your remaining parent. Um, and then also, you know, probably also when you have no parents left also that that's gotta be excruciating. I felt lucky that I had you, Kev and and watching you 
still stand after losing your dad. And I know how much you loved him, but also you memorialized him. It was funny. Kevin said to me this morning, he goes, Maria, you've talked about your mom every single day since she passed. And he said, and he said that, and all I could think of was you have done the same about your dad and it's been 20 years. I mean, how long has your dad been gone? Almost 30. 30. So, um, yeah, because it, just to give context, Maria was like, got to this place, and this is typical of our kind of shame-based society that we all suffer from. But, you know, you were saying, geez, I, I'm so happy, and um, I, I should be sad, or something to that effect, because, you know, my mom's passed, but the last, like, few weeks I've been, like, happy. And I said, no, 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 wait, okay. You know, first of all, you know, wherever, you know, I believe they are, which is in a way better place, they don't, last thing they want us to do is curled up in a ball crying. And by the way, I would like to think their egos are gone. So I don't think they're thinking about what we're doing for them. But at the same time, if there is any ego left, just the fact that we're still thinking about them and carrying their memories with us. And as I said, every day, multiple times a day, forget what's in your brain. You have mentioned your mom every single day for 365 days since she passed multiple times a day. And I said, so... I don't know what else there is to say about what your, how much you love her, honor her, miss her, are connected to her. Um, yeah, and that's uh, I think that's that's really what you have to focus on. And I think you know the other thing is I always tell you, you know, your mom. By the way, your Alyssa, your friend Alyssa, and and Rita had said this about your mom. <clears throat> she was just all about you. You know, she just wanted you you know, and Peter, she just wanted what was, she was that parent, right? I think there's parents who are very extreme. Like my dad was like, that is just all about us, you know? And, uh, and no knock on him or any other parent that does it any other way. There's just one way. And we all know of or have those kind of parents. So knowing that your mom was that way, you have to know that, you know, from here on in, like that needs to be your inspiration, is knowing your mom wanted you to be happy and that, you know, she really sacrificed a lot for you to get here. And so the best way to honor her is to be happy or listen, mm-hmm. or to live your best life. No one's going to be happy all the time, but to live your best life. And that's the greatest way I think that we can honor the people who've left like, okay, they're gone, but all the great things they gave us while they were here, that's the best way to honor them. It's like, let's put that in action. Yeah. It's funny. I was asking Kevin, I'm like, what do I do to memorialize her? We were like leading up. I'm like, what are we going to do? What do we do? And he's like, the best thing you could do is do something for yourself. Go buy something for yourself. Go do something for yourself because that's what your mom would want. That's what your mom would want. Go do something for you. So I still don't know what I'm going to do, but I did know I wanted to do this. So this picture of my mom, she's got a little chef's hat on. She's so cute. Um, We took that when we were... um, taking all the photos for the Every Girl's Guide to Cooking, which we co-wrote together. They're all of her recipes, a couple of mine, <laughs> but um, they're all hers and they're amazing. And uh, I keep this in the kitchen. So every day I will like kiss her and I'll go Mwah! and I'll like kiss her. Or I'll say hello. Um, for the first six months I walked by it and I was like, I cannot believe you're not here. How are you not here? What, what the actual F? And it was just like total shock. And I, I share that because, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm helping people through their grieving stages. I feel like anytime I've gone through something, I find it to be my duty to go help everybody else through it. So when we lost our first dog, 
my friend, Nicole Brill, who's been on the show, makeup artist to the stars. Um, she helped us because she had gone through it. And she said, you can only talk to people who've gone through it because no one else will understand. And then it was my duty then to help everybody else who lost their pets <laughs> in their moments. And so now having gone through this, I'm like, okay, I know where you are. You're walking in disbelief. You're in shock. You are just, you feel like a Mack truck is rolling over your body relentlessly. And, uh, and I'll say in, in my therapy session recently, um, Brian was like, Maria, you've done the work. That's why you feel so good right now. You've, you've worked on your grief, you've healed. And that's the whole point. We're not supposed to be in grief forever. And, and first of all, it's not a good state for your body. Emotionally being like that is, is only going to get you sick. Um, but you know, I think that I've been in such a good place and I, I know that the hump, and I always recommend this, you have to wait till you're ready and don't do it too soon. I don't think. But I think it was in September, Mary and DeMarco did a reading for me. She connected me with my mom because my mom was trying to connect to her to get to me. And, uh, and that really helped me get over a hump. And after that, I feel like I started doing really, really well. So yes, her song this morning definitely got me because <laughs> who doesn't cry when they listen to that anyway? That's already an emotional song and then knowing it's my mom's favorite song. But uh, I am... I am grateful for so many things in this journey and I'm really grateful that I got to take care of her. Well, you know, when I look at the picture, Maria, and she's got the, the, you know, her chef's hat on, I don't know if I've ever seen your mom so happy. And I think of, uh, you know, when I first met her, she was sweet and giving and generous and all the things she always was in the two decades, but I'm not so sure she was really happy. Yeah, no. And when, you know, we came to LA and then things start happening for us, that's when the happiness came. And that's like, that was about two decades. And as I said, you know, they, you gave them a fairy tale. They got to, I mean, for you to host Eurovision in Greece, they got to go to their home country and, you know, have presidents and dignitaries greet you. Um, Oscars, Emmys. I mean, you know, it was, uh, yeah, my parents were my American express card. <laughs> I never left home without yeah. them. <laughs> I took them everywhere, yeah. wherever I went, everybody knew. And I used to say to you when you were younger, I said, listen, not that you would, I go, you'll never regret it. You'll never look back yeah. and say, why did I, uh, why did I spend the money on that? Or if they, I spoiled them, but you'll never look back and say that. And so, you know, you got, every minute with her, every bit of joy, every, you know, and, um, but she was really, really happy. And I also know your mom and I know if your mom, if I said to your mom, you can live to 95, but Maria won't have this life. You know, Maria would just be back in Boston and just, you know, do what everyone else we grew up does for work. I think your mom in a second would say, no, uh, -uh. I'd rather have a way we had it. Uh, that's how much uh, she loved you and how much she cared about you. Um, but also, it was wonderful for her, too. Yeah. And, um, you know, my God, even her friends, I mean, you know, that she made out here and everyone around her loved her. And they celebrated her. You know, I feel like familiarity breeds contempt. And she was just so giving and so good and so solid 
And unfortunately, family members just take advantage of that and take it for granted until it's too late. Then after they're gone, oh, I miss my, you know, and like, but at least, you know, in the last two decades we were with her, her, all those gifts were appreciated. Yeah. People loved her. Hey, Hill Squad and Better Together fam. It's been a tough year, but we hear from so many of you just how much our content is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. Our team works so hard to deliver this life-changing content, and a lot of you guys ask, how can I have a bigger role in our Heal Squad community, or how can I do my part to help Better Together continue to uplift even more people? First of all, thank you for that sentiment, and we're so grateful for this community. If you could help us by giving us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts. That's amazing. Second, you could join the Better Together with Maria Menounos Instagram page. Third, you could share the show with a friend in need. And finally, for as little as $10 a month, please join our Patreon to get monthly live heal events with world-class healers, ad-free episodes of our show, and even weekly bonus episodes exclusive to Patreon. Getting better isn't easy, but it is a whole lot better when we can do it together. We love and appreciate and are so grateful for all of you. Well, you really worked hard, Kevin. Kevin was on the, like, she's a queen program. She needs to be protected. She needs to be overly loved. She needs to be a princess. Like, you were, you led that charge because he saw you know, where she came from, not just her origins, but also, you know, there was a lot of stress in her life yeah. and a lot of pain and a lot of people who were not valuing her in that way. No, sometimes even mean to her. And this is, again, sometimes. what, what I, we do in our society, the rock stars of the world, the big mouths, the you know what I mean? The flashy people, like we just all bow to them. And the real givers of the world, we don't honor. And I always just say, well, not in my world. Not in the house that I live in and not in my proximity. So, you know, with your mom, yeah, I saw her. She reminded me so much of my dad, which was the same thing, but it was worse for your mom because she was a female. She couldn't really, she, it was hard for her to fight back. Yeah. You know? And so I, just in Joe too, Joe was very protective of your mom as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then finally, I just, for her sake, I just say, hey, what, what, why even fight with these people anymore? Just come out and be out here where everyone just loves you. Hmm. <laughs> like forget them and she was great she was oh my mom Kelsey she did the total bye, bye, bye she would have been here full time yeah. if my dad she was wasn't like, like she's like I'm in yeah you're right I'm in my mom would cook for everybody like like growing up first of all they wouldn't let me out of the house so the only way anybody would ever get to be my friend is if they came but <laughs> everybody would come over my mom would cook um and, and again, it was just a little taken for granted. It was just like everyone just thought they yeah. had this like in-house. Sh- and by the way, like a chef, not just oh yeah, she's she's mm-hmm. good on over the stove. No, and like, so talented. She so would make gifted. like these beautiful swans out of an apple. Like she was so creative. Yeah, no, it looked. It was all catering level. Mm-hmm. That's why you're so blessed, Mary, because I've said this before. Only you could have Lisa <laughs> for a mom, and then get Violetta, who. Basically, is her twin, and the same thing with cuisine, and you know, just makes everything look like. But your mother, and then, you know, when it came to even like sewing, 
I, I had to sew those pads for uh, Noelle's elbows because she was quadriplegic, and your mom loved Noelle as much. You know, and again, and your mom was like, even that, she's like, oh, okay, I'm going to be a grandparent to dogs. I'm in. Both your parents. Yep. Yaya and Papu. And they, were, they like took it so serious. Yeah, but it, my mom was also like such a problem solver with Noelle's legs. That's what I mean. She's, Our little poodle was quadriplegic, and she would only walk on her elbows, and then they would become sores and open up. And she goes, I got it. And she like created these little like elbow leg pads. pads. Yeah, yeah, elbow we, pads. I still have them. Yeah. And uh, and the last four or five years of Noelle's life was quality because she would hop on those pads mm-hmm. and pee. And um, but yeah, your mom very, but both parents very high IQs. You know, just the way that the brains figure things out. You know, I'm always like, oh, I just smashed through it. <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 no. We can do this yeah. and this and this. You know, just the. Yeah, her and my dad were a good team because Amazing team. his blood sugar would drop and she would be the brains <laughs> and she would like have to fix him, but then also be like, no, 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 no. it's boom, 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 but boom, boom. But she, no, even to this day, even when her blood sugar wasn't low, she just had a way of figuring, Yeah, she's brilliant. measuring and this and that, no cost to do it yeah. this way. Do it, no. But she was of that generation that was like all about, I'm just serving everyone else and I'm not here for myself. Like I see pictures of her when she was younger and we were little babies and she'd have her hair done and she'd have red lipstick on my mom, red lipstick, Mm -hmm. honey. And she was so like beautiful and like trying. And then little by little life chipped away. And then, yeah, well, there was some drama in the house Mm -hmm. and little by little, her every second was ripped yeah. away from her. So one minute she's trying to keep my dad alive. The next minute she's going to court with Peter or whatever she was dealing with over there and just the chaos and the madness. Yeah. And and it was just a lot. And it was just cut the hair short and yeah, put all your needs. Yeah, so I feel like when she was taking me to like things, even though it was more stress for her like to drive me or to take me no, to Boston that was for a modeling, it's her release because it was there was a dream there. That's right, and moving forward. And she always said, and her mother said the same to her, go, go. Yeah, when I was moving to L.A., my mom was like, don't look back. Run. <laughs> she was like, get out of here. You know, And the last thing she wanted was to not be with me, but she knew it was not for me and... And yeah, I always said the person to thank for your career is your mom, mm-hmm. not me. Obviously, you, Maria, but not you know outside of that, your mom, because she 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 had a car that you they didn't didn't have the money or the means or the time to get to you to do the few things you did. But then she also <clears throat> had other issues that she had to deal with in the house. But then your dad was fighting her. No, no, no to the pageants. No to this. No to the. And then and he and no matter what. If if you did well, then it was okay. But if anything went wrong, it was Lisa got the blame. Yeah. And that went on forever. Mm-hmm. Up to about 10 years ago, she yeah. was still taking the blame on everything. And, um, you know, all I can say is like, listen, I if there's any meaning to this podcast beyond Lita's memory, it's like if you know that see have the givers in your life too, man, salute them, you know, respect them and protect them. You know, cherish them because, uh, yeah, because she was special, man. uh, Yeah. And it's, it's interesting you say about Violetta. So Violetta has been our housekeeper for years, but she's, but she's not our housekeeper. She's like our house mom. She's just, she is. And that's what Kevin says. I am so blessed that somehow God gave me another mom. She's always been 
like just like my mom. And I told her, I said, I would not have survived this without you because I feel like I still have her. Yeah. Yep. And so anyhow, with Violetta, Kevin does the same thing. Kevin spoils her as much as he can. And I do the same thing. It's like her birthday, her Christmas present. Like she's like, wait, I never thought I would have these kinds of things in my life. And I said, you know, it's like now I get to spoil you. And, and I'm grateful and uh, to have her in my life. And it's still nothing. And my mom would be know. so happy. She was my yes. mom's best friend. Yeah. My mom loved her. So I know that my mom gets happy every time I spoil her. You spoil her. Yeah, she does. And again, Maria, that's the stuff you can Guys, do. Guys, I haven't cried in so long. Well. It's like so hard to even believe it's been a year. It's so wild to me. The only reason it's sinking in is because I've been looking at pictures and I'm like, wow, this time last year was beyond brutal, like beyond brutal. And even though we handled it really well and we kept our spirits up, like looking back, I mean, we were, it was even Kelsey's tired. We were talking about it last night. Kelsey, Maria was worried because she said, poor Kelsey's so tired. And I said, you know, we, We've been through it the last couple of years, all of us, you know, like it was a lot and, uh, but it's life. But we still here. We here. We still here. And, and I we're think, not just surviving, we're thriving. Yeah. And yeah. part of that is doing the work. And part of that is, you know, working with people who are skilled and trained at this. A lot of people, like I know my cousins who just lost their dad, they're just dealing with it on their own mm-hmm. and that's okay. But there's also people out there that can help you get through it in a better way and help you feel better about things. There's so much guilt generally around people's deaths. Um, I could have done more. I should have done more. I know that's not the case with me because I literally give my mom everything I had, but sometimes people aren't able to. Right. And so, you know, you still have to, you know, I was able to work from home technically. And then when I couldn't work for me, you worked for me and thank you all for staying and hanging in with us through that tough period. I'm sorry. This is so sad. I don't want you guys to have to listen to something so sad, Well, but listen, a lot you guys of people, all hung in with us during that time. Maria, I'm really grateful. A lot of people lost loved ones. During Kelsey COVID. stayed with us and slept in yeah. Connecticut with us and slept with me in an empty house over yeah. here Kelsey's through been, COVID. Kelsey's been through all of it. I was going to say, Maria, there's a lot of people who lost loved ones during these last two years. Yeah. I mean, I just, I'm, uh, you know, I, I get it. I'm at the age where parents are dropping, but more parents dropped in the last couple of years. And I know there's no coincidence. So I think it's relatable. But Maria, can we talk about, there's definitely something to be said for the relationship with the new parent. I think especially if it's the dad. Yeah, I want to bring in Diane, though, so she can help us with this. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for 
all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of wonderful pistachios. You're going to love them. Um, So Diane, friends, uh, was connected to me through John Edward. We, um, we worked together as my mom was in her final stages and she helped me so much. She's an end of life and grief doula. And, um, you know, this is work that she got into because of her own situation with her son who was seriously ill, um, from, you know, from go and her experience caregiving and helping him transition brought her to this work. Diane, thank you so much for joining me. So last minute for this, but I was like, I don't think I can do this with anybody else. And, um, and I think that for anybody who is, is dealing with this, you know, we've talked about grief before. Um, obviously today we're, you know, dealing with my mom's one year memorial and figuring out how to, um, memorialize properly? Like what are, what are the ways that we can do this? Cause I think the first thing that comes up is, Oh my God, what do I do? And that's what I was saying with Kevin the other day. And he's like, Maria, your mom would want you to do something for you. Cause I was like, do I go to the hospital and work with, you know, brain cancer patients and help them there. And, you know, I always want to go help as many people as I can. I'm like, what, what's the best thing to do to honor her? And so it made me start thinking about helping people through that. And then another question that popped up recently that I want to get into, and Kevin was just mentioning it is, and a friend of mine who has just recently lost her mom said, the new relationship you are left with, with your remaining parent that no one talks about. And when it's your dad, it's different, right? So like, for us, for both of us, our moms were the ones that did everything. And we talked to our moms every day. Like sometimes my dad would be like, Hey, you can call me too. And I was like, dad, you don't answer your phone. So like, and now you're left with, Oh, there's a new relationship to be had. So I want to get into all of this, um, and, and help people through this and, and help me and my friends and everybody through it. <laughs> sure. I mean, it, this is big, it's big stuff, you know? Yeah. I think you're honoring your mom every day, quite honestly. Thank you. That's what Kevin said. He's like, you talk Uh, about her every day. I'm like, I know, but. Yeah, but shouldn't I do something? Right. 
Yeah. You're doing it. You're doing it. So when you help people in this situation, what what do you suggest when they ask that question? How do I memorialize my loved one? Um, I'll start with a point of reference. So on the 10th anniversary of my son's death, my best friend who has a beautiful heart of gold said, would you like to have like a little dinner party and just honor him and remember him? I was like, and I just, I don't know how you feel. I felt like, "Mm, no, I don't know. I just didn't. And that works for other people. And I wanted to do something. So what I do as I show other people, I basically said, look, write down on a sheet of paper. What are the things that that person liked to do? What are some places that that person liked? What are some things that touched that person's heart? I also pray on it. And I said, I need some help. (laughs) I didn't know where to start. So here's what happened. I started with this little blank sheet of paper and I said, okay, Austin, my son that died, he had this soft place in his heart for children who were kind of left alone. That's how he was. He watched Winnie the Pooh and that was his thing. Little angel. He also had a thing for Africa. I don't know anybody else that's watched Lion King more times than I have. He also loved gardening. He liked digging in the dirt. He liked planting things and nature. He, I said, what did he want to be when he grew up? He said he wanted to be a teacher. Flat out, want to be a teacher. So, and there were a couple of other things. So I called a couple of my more creative friends and said, hey, I'm trying to figure out what to do because I'm stuck. And my friend Kathy Eldon said, let's do a scholarship. I like, nah, I liked it, but no, nah, that didn't, for me, that wasn't, I'm a tangible kind of person. And she said, well, let me connect you to this woman with Shura Orphanage in Kenya. It's like, remember Africa? Children who were abandoned, mm-hmm. left alone. It's like, yeah. So I connected with a woman, Hayden, and she said, well, we're thinking about doing a little kitchen garden. And I said, oh, <laughs> I want to do that. That's what I'll do. And I said, she said, well, it's like just a, a kitchen garden. And I said, that's perfect. What do you have in mind? And she said, we just want to create a little garden to feed the 47 orphans at Shura Orphanage outside of Nairobi, Kenya. And I started crying. Like, like I, I am right now. I've got the shivers. And I said, I'm in. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I know nothing about gardening. I know nothing about large garden, small garden. I just knew that it was everything that we were supposed to do. Wow. And I spoke with Hayden and in 2015, we actually started this garden and I pictured a kitchen garden, you know, like a cute little box of herbs 
It is a multi-acre tract. I crowdfund for it. We have six crops. We put in a new water tank. We just just now released the last of the funds. We'll do something again. It's called Austin's Kitchen Garden. And the whole community is very proud of this garden. We did education. We we planted drip lines. They planted drip lines. They taught the kids in the orphanage how to care for the garden. It's sustainable. It's organic. It's everything that I could have ever possibly imagined and then some. Wow. And it's still, they created a sign. They carry this sign everywhere. That's That's a part of Austin's legacy. Your mom's legacy could be whatever the things are, an element of that. So I would say, tell me about your mom. Tell me right now, what is one thing she loved to do? Well... Um, she did love cooking, but she was burnt out of it, (laughs) burnt out at the end. Um, I think for my mom, she loved flowers. So I took her to the Huntington gardens here in Pasadena, like, uh, just before COVID she was not able to walk. She had just gotten this, um, really powerful medication and we took her in the wheelchair. She had also fallen. And so she was like all bruised up. But we took her to the gardens and she loved the flowers and I loved it. So I was considering just going back there even by myself today and seeing seeing the flowers with her. I love that idea. You know, ironically, that's where I go to cry. That same garden. No way. I fly all the way across the stinking country when I have a heartache. That's where I go. (laughs) Really? That's why I have 450,000 frequent flyer miles, but yes. Wow. That's so random, Diane. (laughs) That's so random. And you know, we had wanted to go for so many years. We were always so busy. I worked 24 seven for 20 years. So, um, you know, it's, it's a shame you have to wait till, you know, someone's sick to go somewhere, but she did go, she did enjoy it. It was beautiful. And I know it's something I love too. I just recently went on a hike in my neighborhood and I go cause all the roses are blooming right now. And the older houses in the Hills have the real roses that smell. So I don't know how Alyssa and I are still best friends because we're so opposite, but I am running from house to house, invading properties. I'm definitely on people's ring cameras. They're probably going to think I'm a porch pirate and then realize I'm just inhaling their roses. Definitely trespassing, but inhaling everyone's roses so deeply that the scent was still on my nose well after I left the rose because it was so inside of it. (laughs) So... um, And Alyssa could care less. I'm like, Alyssa, you have to smell this. She's like, nope. (laughs) I'm like, you are like the Grinch of flowers. And so, um, so yeah, I think I might go there and, and, and do that. I think that'll be cool. I'm also doing a memorial at the church, um, that she loved, uh, here at St. Nectario. So, um, so that'll be nice and it'll be with our closest people here in LA. So that'll be nice as well. And I have our picture here. This is the picture Diane that I keep in my kitchen Mm -hmm. and I say hi to her every day and I kiss her and, and I talked to her and I'm like, you know, now it's like, hi, and I'm, I'm happy before I was like, uh, how the hell are you not here? I cannot believe this is like real. Um, so 
What can we all do to honor your mom? Everybody that's listening, because I do believe that your mom's spirit is with all of us. I blow your mom kisses sometimes. I'm walking around. I'm just like. I think what what Kevin was saying earlier really, really connected with me. I think really appreciating that person in your life. That's like the super giver that is taken for granted because that's what she was for so long until Operation Kevin happened and we, you know, got her here to LA and really pampered her. So, you know, you all know that giver in your life that just gives till the, you know, the blood's dry in their body. They give everything they have. So treat them like the princess or the prince and, and celebrate them and love them and appreciate them in a real way. That's the way. Cause my mom didn't want anything. It's funny. Even in the end, I have so many voice memos and videos. I'd be like, mom, if you could do anything, if you could go anywhere, oh, Maria, I'm happy. She didn't want anything. I had a coaxer at some point into saying Africa because I was trying to put together a trip to Africa, but the medication she had taken really like hurt her and, and she couldn't walk at that point. So there was a beautiful place. I think it was in Tanzania that Julian Huff connected me with and they were so sweet. They're like, we will figure this out with you. We will make this work for you and make it amazing. Um, but it was, it was too hard and we never got to go, but she really like, that was really pushing it. <laughs> like she, she was just happy being with us. Like she didn't want a lot. She was a very simple person that just wanted, uh, didn't want for a lot. Interestingly enough, I mean, we definitely gave her everything she could ever want to. So (laughs) we made it good, but she was, she was, uh, just very selfless. Mm. I think that's a good way to honor her, you know, for all of us to honor her and to honor you. Right. And your dad. Thank you. So on to the dad conversation, my friend who just lost her mom was telling our mutual friend, you know, was Maria prepared for the difference in relationship? And I said, no, I didn't even know that existed. I've never, Diane, heard in all my years of broadcasting where I'm interviewing people about these stories and these kinds of segments, have never heard anybody talk about life after the death of a parent and also kind of the new formation of a relationship Um, and I'm sure there's a whole other level when you lose both of your parents, because now you have to have a new relationship with you, I'm sure. So Mm -hmm. if you could talk about that a little bit, that would be amazing. It's so awkward. I I feel like it's awkward when you lose a parent and then you have to get to know your other parent on another level. You know, my, my dad died, your mom died and you get to this place where now you're relating to them on a whole different place. And I think the number one thing is for um, all parties involved to remember the word grace, cut each other some slack. He's getting to know you in a different way. Yes, you're still his daughter, but now you're also an adult that went through this kind of the, the birth canal of death together. So it's a highly intimate thing that you experience, but at the same time, you know, the remaining parent can feel like I managed to get here without you. Thank you very much to the 
child, the adult child, you know, they're still an adult. They're trying to navigate their own way. It's very awkward. I would say, give it time, mention the person's name, in your case, your mom, you know, companioning, it's called, when you kind of walk alongside. It's difficult at first because we want to do, right? Did you ever find that you you wanted to do for your dad or no? Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I think for him, I wanted to show him that there's going to be a life after because he was so distraught and upset, even though we all knew in a sense what was coming. Um, you know, for him, it was like, why am I even here anymore? What's the point? Mm-hmm. And I think he still has that. Kevin's really good. I mean, again, God bless Kevin. He knows how to run the offense. He's like, Maria, it's the dog days of winter. He's depressed back there because it's just, you can't do anything. Your dad's a doer. He needs to be out working, cutting the grass, building something. He's like, so I've got projects in mind that will get him excited. So now my dad is coming to life. It's spring in Connecticut and they've got projects. They're working towards things. So that makes you look in the future, not in the past. So that's really helpful. Uh, For me, I've struggled with the, not struggled, but I've, I've walked that line of like, how much do I just have like good positive conversations with him? How much do I mention her? How do I mention her? So I think I've done a good job where I will mention her often enough and try to gauge where he's at and make sure he doesn't feel like we're forgetting her or anything like that. Um, but I do know that that's a problem for people. So that's another thing I'd love, you know, your take on is how do you engage like John Edward, who's our mutual friend. My mom was coming into him recently and saying like, you know, she wants to reconnect with me and, and all of that. And, um, you know, there's, there's, um, I just lost my train of thought, John, what did he say? Oh, he said that, um, I lost it again. Why do I keep losing what he said? Um, Totally lost it. Oops. It'll come back. It'll come back. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. What do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. 
you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> <laughs> Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. What, My brain was so John jargled was earlier this morning. So many things like started, like little fires popped up. And I was trying to talk to Kevin and you would think that I needed to like be admitted somewhere. My brain, nothing I was saying was making sense. Words were coming out. Not, it was like, I don't know. Like, remember there was like that Ryan Seacrest video when he had like a little meltdown on camera or something. His brain, his brain got jargled. That was me, but no one saw it. Oh, I don't know if I've seen did that. You, yeah. Did you know you were doing this topic today? Yes. That's why. Yeah. It's called, it's grief fog. It's, it's really literally a thing. The brain on grief gets foggy. Mm -hmm. Just mm -hmm. sort of exist, but don't remember. But don't. I've had people tell me they've put their passport in the freezer. I backed my car into something. Total it's ridiculous on my part. Um, we all do it. <laughs> it's, you just can't remember, and it doesn't surprise me that you don't remember what John said. Now that we're talking about it because that has happened with me too. I'm so excited in the moment and so taken aback and mm -hmm. sort of shocked in a happy way that I don't remember. Yeah. It'll, it'll come back. It'll come back. But I think we were talking about what having, um, building that relationship with your other parent. Yeah. Yeah. I think there was something so, else, but I don't think anybody else so, remembers either. <laughs> so I would say this, I think for both of you to, to realize that if you're a family tree, and that it feels as though one branch has been pruned. It hasn't really, but it has a little bit that you're both trying to grow and navigate this new growth. And so who are you now? And it's a beautiful opportunity to explore new things too. You get to decide how you want your relationship to be. You get to say, you know what? It used to be this. So let's talk about, it. I have this bird. I don't know if your mom was into it. I this bird. So can you hear it? I was wondering it what that was. On my screen. Yeah. Chirping <laughs> at the so screen. Funny. Looking. Thank you. Oh my God. I hear him. Yeah. I thought it was feedback. I was like, what's happening? A bird sitting oh my on my screen. Like, He's sitting on the screen? What kind of bird? Um, like a mockingbird. Whoa. Oh my God. He's so cute. I have them right on the other side of this wall. And they are singing every morning to me. It's the most beautiful thing ever. I friggin' love it. Um, so yeah. And what do you do like with parents when they, when they are, I mean, gosh, it's so hard with my dad because like I said, my mom would make him do whatever he had to do. Now it's that struggle of dad, you got to listen to me, but then he's going to do it his way. And, and there's no in between to help soften things, to help make it happen. Right. To help coerce right. <laughs> this 76 year old man into doing what he's supposed to do. Uh, I would say that a lot of that comes with acceptance that somehow our parents have managed to get to where they are 
without us telling them what to do. And it's tough, right? Because as kids, adult kids, we think that we've got it figured out how they're supposed to do it, but we weren't their spouse for however many years we weren't, we were the child, the adult child or the young child, and they have the right to figure things out on their own terms and in their own way. So we get to be along for the ride, but we don't get to control and, and tell them what to do. And it's a fine line, even mm-hmm. with my own parents, you know, I mean, yeah, I don't agree with everything the way that they do things. And I see other families going through the same thing mm-hmm. and understand too, that Kevin might be the perfect person many, many times to help your dad. Why? Especially between the father daughter dynamic, you hurt, you hurt because your mom died and he sees that in you where somebody else also misses your mom, but in that man to man or male to male relationship, sometimes there's this ability to navigate the grief journey together in a different way. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cause your dad couldn't fix this. He couldn't stop it. He couldn't prevent it. Mm-hmm. And those are things that dads, a lot of dads want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, it, at least I wanted to just make people aware that this is coming, right? If you're in this situation and you have a, a, a dying parent, and there's a remaining parent, there is going to be a shift and it's going to be different because you've communicated with them as a unit usually, or on one side more than the other. And, and I think that it can be an invitation to fix a relationship too. So with my friend, um, she didn't have a really strong relationship with her dad. So Mm -hmm. I see it as, isn't it interesting that that's the one that's remaining Right. Isn't it this odd sort of like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. So to me, I was like, wow, instantly how it hit me was, oh, this is an invitation to make it better. It's like, I think we're here to continue to evolve and grow, learn the lessons, fix things. I mean, there's like one thing in my life I don't want to fix. I know it. I know I have to deal with it at some point. I'm trying to elevate my consciousness to deal with this person, but I know it's there and I know it's there for a reason. Otherwise this person would have gone long ago, but they're still here. <laughs> so you're like, okay, um, I clearly have to work on this. So it's like that thing that you are butting your head up against is the thing you're supposed to solve. Unfortunately, sometimes. It's so true. And it'll keep, if we don't heal it with that particular person, the topic will keep presenting itself over and over. And I've seen that with many, many people. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I would dive in so you don't spend the next, you know, 30 years on, on that topic. And with your dad, I agree with you hundred percent. It's an invitation, create the relationship you always wanted, Mm -hmm. period. This is the time you always wanted to have a closer relationship or more humorous or built on activities or whatever it is, create it or try you know, the other person has a vote too, mm-hmm. but you really truly can generate some sort of organic growth. Also giving each other a little bit of give and take along the way. But I think it's, it, it's, um, it's really an opportunity. I do. I think yeah. it, it can be extraordinary. I agree. So Diane, having gone through this and I think in the most 
kind of guttural experience one can have losing a child. Um, walk me through grief and how, like, for example, and I'll, I'll give you this example and then you can help me, help sure. me ans- ask the question I'm trying to ask of you. Uh, I recently was talking to my therapist and I said, you know, I had these like little moments recently where I was like, gosh, you know, I'm doing so great. I am like explosively great. The greatest I've been maybe ever. I feel so happy and alive. And there was like this little guilt that like screamed out like, oh, but your mom just died. Well, no, she didn't just die. Okay, but she did. Okay, well, what if I don't cry on our memorial and everyone else is crying, right? Like the 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 appearance of what that could look like, just a little tinge of it came in. And I was able to shush it pretty fast because I know, I I know. But at the same time, it did come in. So then it made me realize, okay, then other people must really feel this stuff and really hear this stuff too. And my therapist was like, Maria, grief is there for a time. You're supposed to work on it and heal from it. It doesn't ever go away. You're always going to have, there's always a, a little bit of a loss or whatever you're dealing with, but you you did the work. That's why you feel better. He's like, you didn't sweep it under the rug, work harder and avoid it. He's like, you confronted it and dealt with it and you grieved. And I did grieve. I mean, I really gave myself time to grieve. So how does it look for you? And, and did you get to a place where you weren't crying? Oh, sure. So what it, I, I was just helping someone. So, you know, I'm a grief specialist. So when I work with people, I tell them it's an amazing thing what happens. It, typically, we deal with grief in small bits and bobs, right? The first year, we have this sort of uh, physiological response where it's a cocoon and we're a little bit protected. Um, think about the uh, Dairy Queen ice cream cone, the one with the chocolate shell on the mm-hmm. outside, right? All of our emotions are the ooey gooey inside. Mm. And then little by little over the first year, that nice chocolate shell starts to fall away. And then year two, all the mess comes out and we lose control again. Really? So that's what I'm headed for? Mm -mm. Oh, Because you've been doing the work. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm like, oh shit. (laughs) A little bit at a time, a little at a time. And this is the beauty of it. You've been working on your grief journey and your emotions and your love and your connection and all of it, quite honestly, for a long, long time, not even just when your mom died. And I think that's where I I want to not just honor you, but all of those people that are caregivers Mm -hmm. because your grief didn't start just the day that your mom died. Your grief journey started a long time ago when your mom was first diagnosed. diagnosed. Yeah. You're right. Because Kevin said that to me at some point, he saw me sluggish and just so down. He goes, Maria, you don't understand. You're already grieving your mom and she's still here. And it was such a breakthrough for me. And I'm so glad you mentioned that for anyone listening right now. There is so much grieving. You're grieving the loss of your active mom. Now she can't walk, right? She's in a wheelchair. You're grieving the loss of maybe her memory and her, her, her brain abilities. You're grieving the loss of whatever stage you're in. Every stage is a new level of grief. And even you grieve yourself. 
you grieve what you're missing out on. You grieve a change of identity. Mm-hmm. You know, Maria Menounos, whatever you're, you know, the job, Maria Menounos, the person, and now there's Maria Menounos, the caregiver, mm-hmm. and the person who's responsible for a lot of your mom's care, if not all of your mom's care. Mm-hmm. Like all these paradigm shifts. Yeah. So we grieve all of that. And then when you're not the caregiver, you're grieving the caregiving. Yes. I almost because- jumped into so many other people's caregiving journeys because it's all like kind of new. I was like, I'm still in that vibration. I don't know how to get out of it. Like, even though yeah. you're relieved, you, 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 you don't feel right because now you're grieving that. <laughs> that was yeah, a whole other right. grief. That's right. So I would say this again, it's grace. And grace is, am I doing the best I can? Yeah. I think I'm doing the best I can. Someone used to tell me, Diane, be gentle with yourself. Maria, be gentle with yourself. We're, none of us does this grief journey perfectly. And what is that anyway? It's some false narrative. There's no such thing as perfect. I started sobbing in the middle of the grocery store one day. I sobbed when I came home from the movies one night. And then I realized on the day of my son's death, I wasn't sobbing. To your point. Mm-hmm. I didn't Why? really cry at my mom's funeral. Yeah. So there's a thing called anticipatory grief. And there are people who say, yes, it exists under that phrase and it's all grief. But here's the basics. Our, when we go through trauma and grief, it stores, it houses itself in ourselves. I started to feel nauseous a couple of days before the anniversary of my son's death, the first years. I I didn't understand because no one had told me. It feels a little like the flu and it's anticipatory grief. It's like my body knew that the day was coming before the day was here. So that when the day was here, I was actually relieved that the day was here, the anniversary of his passing, because I'd been grieving knowing that it was coming, Mm. but I didn't know that that's what was going on. So it wouldn't surprise me if you felt sad or a little off or a little achy a couple days before your mom's passing. I think it's very common. Many people feel it. And then the memorial service will feel as a more about a rite of passage. You might feel as though, oh, this is a next place, not of letting go, but of movement. And I'm not so sure I want to move. I'm not so sure I want this. And then the other half says, you want this because this is how it's supposed to be. And there's this a little bit of tug of war. You know, some spouses snap at each other on that day. You don't mean to snap at each other. It's just this kinetic energy on the inside going like this. Meditate, be in, on, near, around the water. Take as many showers as you want. Hop in a pool, sit in a hot tub, be in nature. All science-proved things that work. Meditation is good for some people. And some people say, I can't meditate my way out of a tin can for five seconds. So Mm. forget it. Be around the people that you want to be around that day or not. And don't be surprised if your choice of, you know, your playlist of who you want in your life that day changes 
or near that day leading up to it. You might say, hey, I choose to be around this person because they know me and I get to be my yoga clothes wearing person, you know, no makeup and whatever that day. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you. Whatever that means, you get to do you. So if you're crying all the time, is there like, I don't think there's a recipe for this or like a, a yes or a no or a right or a wrong. Like, so for me, the first six months were brutal. And then the last six months have been slowly getting better and better and better. If someone's listening to this and they're like, I'm in a year and a half and I'm still crying every day. Does that mean that they need to go to therapy or does that mean it's just a different process for them? Maybe both. So first of all, we're all unique. Uh, There's some discussion about a timeline and it makes me crazy because Mm -hmm. I'm seriously, there's no date stamp on grief. Yet with that said, I think that there are people who, um, you know, you wake up one day and you look in the rearview mirror and you think I have been crying nearly every day for a year and a half and that's not okay for me. And that's the day that you go to your doctor and you say, hey, can we run some blood work? Can we like check out? Because maybe it's not your grief. Maybe your hormones are going like this. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have an autoimmune issue. Maybe you have a systemic thing going on. You know, sometimes we're quick to label something as depression or grief, but there are other real physical things that happen too, yeah. sometimes concurrently. They're not separate. So I would start with go get a checkup. Nothing wrong with that. But you also have to be honest with oneself too. Oh, that's right. Am I drinking every day? No, I'm not against it. I'm just saying that alcohol can be a depressant. Mm -hmm. It it makes one's mood different. Are you exercising? That elevates the mood. Yes or no. It's real simple. It's not meant to shame. Research from Stanford shows that if you exercise in nature – couple times a week, going to elevate your mood chemically. Perfect. Research that shows if you're in on near around the water, um, your functional MRI shows that you're in a better state of mind. You're going to help yourself. Are you social? Are you locked in your house most of the time and isolated? If you are, do a self-check, but I call pulse check. Do an emotional pulse check and say, hey, ask to your close friend or a family member, do I seem a little off? Do I seem a little, uh, like I'm asking for the truth here. Am I a little moody, sad, negative, reserved? Yes, yes, yes. Huh. Maybe I'll go try and check out a therapist or a grief specialist or whatever, a good family member or best friend. I'm a, I'm a huge proponent for the good friend category too. It, it helps. And music, by the way, is one of the most amazing free (laughs) resources for mental health care. Uh, Dr. Oliver Sacks, who's since died, he was a neurologist, proved it, showed on MRIs and functional MRIs that the brain does an amazing job of creating new synapses and firing through music. And music really helps us to heal. It's proven. So I have music therapy. That's a great tip. I love building new synaptic connections. We're addicted to that here. (laughs) Yeah, right? 
Oh, well, Diane, thank you for, for jumping in last minute on this and, and helping us through this and helping me through this. Cause I definitely think this was going to be a much sadder episode unbeknownst to me. Didn't think I was going to be crying today, <clears throat> but here I am and whatever it is, what it is, right? Well, it is, but also too, it's about love. We can't grieve what we don't love. Mm-hmm. And your mom, I know, loved you. And let's, hey, if we have five seconds, let's talk mm-hmm. about this real quick. Yeah. Remember yeah. this conversation we had, you and I, you were in a parking lot and we were talking about love, right? And we were talking about your mom's back then impending passing. And we said, Look, love is energy, right? Your relationship with your mom is rooted in love and love is energy. And we know that energy is neither created nor destroyed. So if that's true and love is energy and you're always going to be your mother's daughter and you're always going to be the daughter of your mother. So the relationship between you will always exist and the love is always here, then where is your mom? Where is the love? She's right here. All the time. Whew. I remember that. <laughs> love is everywhere, Maria. Yeah. Mom's love is everywhere, all around you. Well, you should see the video I took this morning because I think she sent us these three little rescues. So... I don't know why, but this, I came up, I don't even, I'm only on Twitter. Maybe I think it says an average of eight minutes a day. So it's nothing. And I saw this tweet and it was these two dogs and they were screaming, crying. They were an owner turn in. They were ragamuffins. They were matted and filthy. And I showed Kevin and he was like, I'm going to get them. And it was very far away. It was in Riverside. I said, let me help. Let me get a rescue to go get them. We don't need more dogs. We don't need this. He didn't listen to me. He raced down there. He comes home at the end of the day. He left early in the morning. He opens the door. Those two come out and a third one, Bobo. Just, you know, a little like bonus ball. And so our intent was to clean them up and get them homes. And if you saw them this morning, first of all, Max took up Kevin's side of the bed. So now we have a sleep number bed that we love and it's kind of cut in half in the, like up to like the chest area so that you can elevate if you want or whatever. So Max has Kevin's half. All the dogs are spread on the other half of mine. And Kevin's like, well, where do I go? I said, well, come, you know, he just let them out to go to the bathroom. So he comes in like wedges and spoons into me and all of them laid on top of us. When I say these dogs melt into your body and don't move. Like if we wanted to be there all day, they would stay just like that. They just want to melt into your body. Kevin is convinced for sure that the Bichons are, are entities that other people don't see them because no one really sees the beauty of these dogs somehow. But we're like, do not see their angels, like literal angels, And we've had so many dogs and trust me, I don't think anybody is more obsessed with their dogs than us. These guys are different. And Bobo is like an angel healer. He's a whole other little guy. And I'm like, so I took this video of all of us. Just, I didn't want to get up. I was like, guys, now I'm officially going to be late. I got to get up. And they're all smushed on our bodies. And I was like, I just kept feeling like 
since we got them, I'm like, I have a weird feeling my mom sent them and not even necessarily for me. I think she sent them for Kevin and they, cause they're all obsessed with him. And so I, they love me too, but they really love Kevin cause he rescued them. But it's been an interesting thing. So now I'm like, mom, I'm like talking to her. I'm like, we did not need more dogs, especially we have to diaper them because they're not trained yet. And it's like a whole fiasco and it's a lot of work, but it's just this unbelievable love that is just overwhelming us. So it's kind of interesting. That was, that was, uh, that was this morning. I was like, okay. <laughs> love is everywhere for real in your case. <laughs> love is very much uh, enveloping us. So we are grateful. And and the story remains to be seen how this all works out. We're going to bring the Bichons to my dad. So this was my dad's discussion. I go, dad, I think mom sent them. And I think she sent them for you. <laughs> so I'm trying to take get him to take the two Bichons because we'll, we're there so much anyway. And I want him to have that love again because soon after my mom died, I had to put their dog down, which was brutal. And so he's like, no, Maria, I love them. But no, mommy knows after Beethoven, we weren't going to do any more dogs. And I'm like, dad, but I think she's changed her mind. I think she knows you need dogs. <laughs> so we're going to bring them and see if he'll bond. And if he doesn't, they're going to come back here. But it's, it's very interesting. Never a dull moment. Yes, never a dull moment. Well, Diane, thank you so much. We will put your Instagram uh, at Diane B. Gray in the summary of this episode in case anyone wants to reach out to you. Um, and again, thank you for everything you've done for me and all the help because it was very helpful. It was a lot. And I'm just, I'm honored to have been a very small part of your journey and Marie and Kevin both. And um, I... I admire you greatly. What people, I mean, people see, you know, through what you share, but I want you to know, you know, and I want people watching this to know that um, you're legit. Maria, you are um, in every cell of your being. You love large. You are, um, Yes, you're a daughter and you're a wife and you're an entrepreneur and you're all of these things, but you ooze love. Thank you. And you are um, truly extraordinary. And you, um, for the rest of my life, I will remember our conversations um, and especially those while you're, you were navigating your mom's care journey because you did it you walked you know trial by fire and you saw it through and i am honored to be your friend and your your ally in this forever you can always call me thank you thank you for that that's really kind of you and next time you come to the pasadena Huntington Gardens, you know, you have a buddy to go with. <laughs> I will. All right. Perfect. Thank you, Diane. Right. Have a great day. I appreciate you. Thank you guys. Love you. Thank you so much. Love you. Mommy. You're amazing. You're, just, you're helping more people. Um, real quick. I want you to know, I hear from people who still go back and watch that and who have followed your, your work. I hear from them all the time. And they tell me how much your heel squad and your work and what you and Kelsey and Kevin are doing here as a part of this 
And Poosh. There, sorry, I don't know who else is there. <laughs> That's okay. Um, truly, like you are making a difference because I hear the personal part in the journey. And I've I helped another person's father die in Glendale, California. Uh, and that father got an illness that um, didn't have to happen. Ooh. And she has gotten amazing signs, by the way while I was on the phone with her, helping her dad die. Wow. I mean, so you're helping, I helped another person who, um, she helped her ex-husband die. And that was a special case. He was in Toronto and she went and moved in with him for 16 weeks wow. with their four adult children because she saw you and saw what you were going through. This is how she chose to honor her four adult children. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, another person uh, reached out to me. They helped their mother die and I helped on that. So, I mean, it's really like, their stories. It's, it's amazing what you're doing. It's amazing. And it's because of you and all of you there. And I want you to know like these cases are for real, no kidding. Some of them pretty wild. And because you shared your mom's story and this part of the journey. All I know is this, you know, I don't know, but it's, it's amazing how it's playing out in people's lives. And then they tune into the other people that you have on. So it's, it's incredible. Wow. Thanks for sharing that. We definitely work hard. We try, but I think, yeah, it's, it's always really nice to hear that it's, it's helping people. It's helping them in ways that I think I can't um, quantify, but I can tell you it's the cases that I know of, case meaning like the the ex-wife that went back and moved into her ex-husband who was a, it was a crazy story. They had four adult kids. I mean, she learned what she learned about caregiving through following your journey. And they own a big company. And now that work is going in other way. I have to be mindful of my, mm-hmm. you know, they, um, it's playing out in other ways. Wow. Mm-hmm. What a gift she gave her kids and, and even just herself, like to do something like that. That's, that's so beautiful. 16 weeks. She moved into his house in Toronto after they've been, she's remarried. Her husband said, okay, you want to do this? They own a big company. The four adult children learned how to be caregivers and learned how to, yeah, but it's because of watching you that a lot of this happened. Wow. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That's amazing. So when you start to think about your mom's legacy, it, it's, it's wonderful what she gave to you and it's difficult in all of those ways, but also to um, you sharing it became a legacy that's embedded in a lot of other families. Yeah, And I know that because they, I've seen what's happened with them. Wow. Well, I remember when my mom was in like her final stages of talking, I was like, mom, none of this is going to go in vain. I'm going to make sure. 
It said, I'm going to keep helping people and sharing everything that I'm learning with you, with everybody I can. Mm-hmm. And she liked that. Because then the, then the purpose, right, and the meaning for the suffering, it, it has substance. Your work is continuing. Your mother's legacy is continuing. Because you share your culture, it's continuing. All, all of it, it goes on. And it's teaching through me and other people on your heel squad. It's, it's continuing. Not a trickle down, but a ripple out. So cool. Well, I'm going to take that into my day. That's my gift. Thank you. Joy, you deserve it. Yeah. Well, friends, um, I hope that that is helpful to you. Um, we kind of threw this together last minute. So, um, you know, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of feelings, but um, but I'm I'm grateful Kelsey, for you putting this together with Diane so fast and, um, and all the wonderful things that she said about, um, the ripple effect that the show is having that goes to all of you guys. Cause you guys work so hard. You and Pooja who Diane doesn't know officially yet, but now she does. Um, and Kevin, I think that it just is, um, some good juice for us to keep on going. So let us know in the YouTube comments below how, um, this was, how this landed for you, how this helped you, who maybe you're going to go honor today and, and appreciate and love up. That's been an, an incredible giver that goes unnoticed. And, uh, if you're listening on Apple podcast, um, you can leave us a little review or something. So, Thank you. I'm not at my best today. I feel like I'm like no, hiccuping. I were, and I thought you were great. Thank you. I do. I think like I've said it before, but I just think it's um, really special how much you honor your emotions and how you just, I think it shows everyone that we can emote and we need to. And I don't know. I think you do a great job while still, it's like you, I don't think you think you are keeping it together, but you're definitely <laughs> keeping it together. I'm so. like, did I make any sense yes! today? I don't know. Oh my gosh. Yes. No, I thought it was great. And I know but, a lot of people and everyone will feel that way. Pooj, you don't know this, but if you go back and listen to episodes from last year, um, Queen held it down in so many ways. A being my my caretaker when my parents had COVID in the hospital. Um, can you imagine both your parents in the hospital at the same time? One with type one diabetes, seventy six and well seventy five technically at the time. One with brain cancer stage four, with the original COVID, not the new strains, the OG. When everyone thinks, oh, they're in the hospital, we're done, it's over. And Queen stared COVID in the face and decided, yeah, I'll stay with you. And, you know, that was when also my dad had to come home and we had him in the guest house in the other place. And there was so much. And then going to Connecticut and having to live in the sadness because we're producing a show and we're all living in the same house. And they say when someone's sick in the house, everyone's sick in the house. So it's like it's not easy to live under those circumstances when you're seeing me have to deal with what I had to deal with. And by proxy, you're dealing with it too, in a sense. Um, and then taking over the show with Kevin and, you know, running the ball. So um, a million thank yous to you always for being such a a great friend and 
colleague, partner, buddy, hill squatter. <laughs> what, what do oh, I call man. you? My I everything. Don't even know. I don't even know. <laughs> my love sister. You. <laughs> my sister. So thank you. Love you. Um, I love you. And I love all of you. And I appreciate all of you heel squatters for being with us, as I said. And um, don't forget, be nice people, make good choices, and be present. Hey, Heel Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heel Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heel events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heel Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much, and we love doing this thing called life with you.